uh, even when I spoke last time, uh, I was a bit shaky. Um, even pastors are human beings, don't forget that. Okay. Pastors have uh, a body just like everybody else. And this body is not always serving us the way we would love it to be. But I, I can give you a testimony, you know. Uh, during the week, I had gone to do an MRI and um, you know, uh, I had an accident over 50 years ago. I fell from a trailer on the farm right on the concrete. And uh, at that time, my spine, my backbone got damaged, actually badly damaged. Uh, so at, at that time, when I went to the specialists, uh, they told me there's nothing we can do because uh, if, we, if we attempt to uh, you know, correct the situation, you might end up uh, being paralyzed. So you just have to live with the situation. And so they told me that I should get a, a set of uh, injections every, every week. Uh, and when I got the first set of injections, I felt it was worse than my back pain. And so I said, no, I can't continue with these uh, uh, injections. So I learned to live with the condition. Okay, I remember when I went to college, Bible college, uh, I took time to pray and uh, ask the Lord to help me in, in that situation because I had a call to serve God. And uh, I, I, I needed to be, you know, whole, good, healthy enough to be able to do that. And so God touched my, my back. Uh, the condition, of course, was still there, but I could live fairly well. You know, 90% of the pain that I used to have before uh, were gone. And I think that's a very powerful testimony. Now imagine I've been living with this condition for over 50 years. And uh, uh, I have been able to do everything that I needed to do by the grace of God. But once in a while, you know, something happens and you don't know why or how. Uh, so my, my, my back pain came back uh, quite terribly. So, ba so badly that I couldn't even lie down to sleep. Even sitting was almost impossible, but I had to find a position where I could be able to, to sit. And so I'm very, very grateful that today that I can stand here. I might not always stand, that's why there's a chair here. <laughs> you know, my doctor said, tell the church, the doctor said you must sit <laughs> so that uh, you can understand. Anyway, uh, whether I stand or whether I sit, I'm just so gr grateful for the Lord to have given me the strength today to be with you and to share the word of God with you. You know, our, our bodies are very complex beings and uh, we should really thank God. You know, sometimes we forget that, but we should thank God every day of our life that we can be able to move, that we can able, be able to do the work that we have to do, you know, that we are able to enjoy life. Uh, there are so many things in a body that can go wrong, but we, 
uh, are so grateful that God keeps us and that he gives us the strength continuously. So today I want to uh, take you uh, into the scriptures and uh, I want to speak about a very, very powerful subject which is very dear to my heart. You know, maybe not everybody sees that immediately, but I want to really say this is, this is very, very important for us to understand. My subject today is observe Jesus or consider Jesus or see Jesus and you will see the Father. Okay, see Jesus and you will see the Father. Let me read from the book of John chapter 14 and verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and, it will be, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know me? You don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. You know, this is what Jesus said to Philip who says, show us the Father. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking, show him, show him to you? Okay, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Now this is a very powerful uh, sentence that we, we need to mark. He says, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Okay, and that's, that's a secret. You know, that's what God was, wants to do in each and every one of us. When he lives in us, he will work through us. Just believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work your Father have, the work you have seen me do. And in John chapter 10, verse 30, the Bible says, Jesus is saying, the Father and I are one. The Father and I are one. And of course, the very famous scripture, uh, which we read in John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that we have your words. Your words are life. Your words are powerful. Your words propel us forward, give us purpose in life, give us authority. And Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your presence right now, that you are able to speak so through a frail voice. But Lord, it is you who has got a message for each and every one of us today. And so Lord, I pray, Lord, be with us throughout this time when we listen to you and help us, Lord, not just to be hearers, but also, Lord, become doers of the word. To you be the glory and the honor 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the words that we have heard, powerful words, these are not any words. These are words of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And you know, whenever Jesus speaks, you will need to pay very close attention. You can see on your bulletin the scriptures that I've put there, most of them are in red, which means these are the words Jesus has spoken. <clears throat> and it's very important that we recognize that. Now, the Bible tells us <clears throat> that Jesus was able to do mighty and powerful things. And of course, many of the things have been described in the Gospels. And yet, <clears throat> John says that not everything was written because if everything had to be written down, the books were not enough uh, to even hold what was, what was done. So we just have a selection of what Jesus was doing uh, in his time of ministry here on earth. And I think it's important for us uh, to understand that uh, the same Jesus who has been doing his work during his lifetime is the same Jesus who is with us today. The same Jesus who did the things that he did, you know, opening blind eyes, lifting people back on their feet, you know, feeding them with the manna of heaven, he's still doing these things even in our lives. So we read scripture because we know this is encouraging us, this is giving us the truth of the word of God, and we are able to uh, gain encouragement for our life today. Now, in the relationship between Jesus and his father, we see there is a, a, a great intimacy. You know, the father and Christ have been very closely linked together throughout uh, that Jesus, when he was 12 years old, was already very, very much aware of his father, his heavenly father. And he told Mary, his mother, and uh, Joseph, his stepfather, don't you know that I have to be in my father's house? Okay? So there was an intimacy uh, between the father in heaven and the son, Jesus Christ, who came into this world to uh, be our savior. Now that intimacy with the Father is the key to the authority that we see in the life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now we must understand that that intimacy between Jesus, the young boy when he grew up, and uh, his father, of course that had to be had to be built up because Jesus was a human being just like us. You know, everything that Jesus uh, knew, uh, he had to learn just like we have to learn everything else. And so even in his relationship, he needed to build that relationship with the Father. And of course, be because of that relationship, he was able to withstand whatever temptation came to him. Because the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in everything just as we are but he remained without sin. And why could he do that? Because he was so close to the Father. He had that intimate relationship with the Father. 
the, the, the strength and the power of the Father came into the life of Jesus that was enabling him to live a life despite all of the temptations, despite all of the weaknesses in this world, he could stand and uh, withstand all the temptation, all the sin of this world. Now, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been in love and intimacy from eternity. The Bible tells us very clearly that, you know, even before the foundation of the world, before creation came into being, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit loved each other, <clears throat> loved each other deeply. You know, when we say God is love, what this means is that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in a bond of love with each other. Not the human love, but the agape love, the eternal, you know, divine love that is holding uh, the universe together. <clears throat> so God is love, and uh, this love existed long before creation. And in that relationship, there was intimacy. You see, in this uh, space, we can't call it time because time did not exist in this eternity, you know, in this aeon, you know, the Bible talks from uh, sometimes from eternity to eternity. So in this eternity, <clears throat> God planned his creation. <clears throat> and not only did he plan creation in general, but you know, he planned everything meticulously uh, well. You know, this, this life that we live can only, can only uh, be sustained by everything in this, on this planet Earth to work together in harmony. And we can see that sometimes this harmony is being, being disturbed, being disturbed by human beings. And that's why you hear of these earthquakes that we had again in, in uh, Morocco. That's why you hear of these floods that we heard about in Libya where tens of thousands of people have perished, you know. Now, <clears throat> we should understand, it's like a human being can be sick, like I have been sick, okay? Uh, we can be disturbed. And that's how even Earth can be disturbed. This is how Earth can be shaken, because, you know, we live in a fallen world, in a sinful world, in a world that is no longer without, in a world that uh, is actually... Uh, you know, living without God to a very, very large extent. So the Bible tells us that when the Word became flesh, okay, that is the Christ, the eternal Son of God, when He became flesh, that was now Jesus born in Bethlehem, okay, He continued to maintain this intimacy, okay? We don't know how long he could not be able to have that relationship as a baby, as a small child, but as soon as he could be able to understand things, as soon as he could be able to, to, to learn about God the Father, he had a relationship with the Father, and he built that relationship from his childhood. And he never bragged with that relationship. You know, he became 30 years of age without ever trying to, 
show off that I'm the son of God. I can do this, I can do that. He was very content living in that intimacy with the Father in heaven. But because he was having this daily uh, relationship with his father, his daily intimacy, uh, he now understood when the father told him to start with his ministry, we start with the work. He never did it because he was overzealous, because he was trying to prove a point somewhere. He only moved when the father told him to move. And Jesus says very, uh, on, on very different occasions that the, father, the son can do nothing unless the father tells him. So when he says he cannot do anything unless the father tells him, it doesn't mean that he didn't, didn't have the ability to do it, but he says, I will not do it. I cannot move unless the father tells me to move. And you know, that's very often our problem. We move when we haven't heard the voice of God. We try to do things that come from our own uh, ambition, and we try to prove points that don't need to be proved at all, okay? Trying to make an impression in the world. You know, we have seen so many young people rise up and uh, uh, give us all kind of, uh, uh, you know, impressions of what they could be and what they will do. And uh, not long after that disappeared, Jesus stayed his course until he had completed his work and he could say, it is finished. So let's understand that Jesus moved to the Jordan when the father told him it is time to move. That was at age 30. You know, this is the prime of life, you know. He could have worked, of course, a lot of the things. He could have done a lot of uh, miracles in his 20s because that's when we are more strong, that's when we have more power, that's when we have more seal, you know. But he didn't do it. He was waiting for his father. And when his father told him and gave him direction, that's when he moved. And that's why he had authority, okay? This is the key, you know? Being intimate with the father is the key to authority because you do things because the father said so, not because you have ambition to do so. Not because you feel like you have to compete with somebody else who has gone ahead of you. That is totally immaterial. You know, we are not responsible to anyone except to our Heavenly Father. We must learn to be guided by the Spirit of the Lord in Christ. You know, Christ in us, that's a wonderful word. That's the hope of glory. And we should not do things because we need to make a name, a name for ourselves, but we must move because the Father has told us to do it. You see, this was the problem of the people, the early people in, 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 in the days of Babylon. Okay, when they built the tower of what we call Babylon. At that time, it was not called the Tower of Babylon because Babylon comes from Babel, which means, you know, they were having their voices, their, their language disturbed. They could not understand each anymore. A tower anymore. And why did they do this? You know, they built a tower, and the Bible says they wanted to make a name for themselves. Okay? 
That is always at the heart of it. There are too many people who want to make a name for themselves. They're not content with the name they have received from the Father or they have received from God. Okay? They want to make a name for themselves. And I want to tell you, this is actually true even in, in, uh, in, in, the, in the church circles. You know, there's so many people who want to make a name for themselves. Okay? And, and, and God has not brought us into this world to make a name for ourselves. God has brought us into this world to praise the name of our Father, to give glory to the name of Jesus. That's what we are here for. You're not building your own kingdom. I'm not building my own kingdom. You see, if I can minister, I love it. If I can't, I have to take it from the hand of God and say, thank, thank God, you know, I'm alive. I'm able to do what he has called me to do and somebody else will stand in my place. So we must understand that God is a marvelous God, a God who has all things in his mighty hand. And Jesus got his authority from his daily interactions with his Father in heaven. No wonder did everything that Jesus did work out so marvelously. Okay, things were not, not uh, you know, uh, breaking down along the way. Jesus did never make statements that later on were proven to be to be uh, uh, proudful statements which didn't work. No, whatever Jesus said, it worked. And I just want okay, and that Jesus wants us to make things work, okay, in our own life. You know, the reason why so many things go wrong in our life is because we have never heard from God. We're doing things because we feel, maybe I can do this at this time. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, as a child of God, I can... I can uh, show my, my, my power. But we need to learn from Jesus. Jesus did not do things anyhow. He did Jesus. He did things because the Father told him. And that gave him the authority. That gave him the direction. And so he was able to do whatever the Father told him. That's why Jesus spoke with authority and the people very quickly realized. If you read the book of uh, Mark, you, you see that people are wondering because Jesus was speaking with authority, not like the teachers of the law. The teachers of the law, they were, you know, doing their thing, you know, maybe this, maybe that, maybe the other, you know. Uh, they had a lot of uh, teachings which they invented themselves, which didn't come from Scripture. But when Jesus came, he didn't have time for self-inventions. He came to speak the word. And don't forget, he was the word. So he had authority. Whenever Jesus pitched up and when he spoke, it was not just empty words, but what he said came to pass every time. Now, that's what we must understand, that there is power in the father-son relationship, you know? Uh, this, is, this is a principle that God has taught us through the relationship of Jesus with his heavenly father. 
But we also see it in the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, we see it time and time again how important that relationship of father and son is all about. That's the model we should pursue to live by. Okay? That we learn to take time to hear the voice of the father in our lives. Okay? And the voice of the father, don't forget, the word of the father is Christ. Okay? That is important. In the interactions between the father and the son of his work that he came to do here on earth. Okay? He came to bring salvation. And I tell you, if you would have been Jesus, or if I would have been Jesus, without that relationship, we could have been depressed. We could have been in shutters many times. Because no matter what Jesus did, and Jesus did a lot of good things, there were always people who raised accusations against him. And uh, I'm sure you have all experienced, we all have gone through such things. When people accuse us unjustly, okay, it's really demoralizing. It's really depressing us. And that's why the world today is depressed. This is why the world is in turmoil because there's so much uh, stuff that is going on that is pressing us down. Now, Jesus could have, you know, uh, been depressed, but he wasn't, because he was able to offload all of that stuff when he came to his father, when he uh, had time to get counsel from above. And you know, don't forget, this is the most important thing. This is not a counselor who really may not understand what is going inside, what is going on inside of us, but this is the heavenly counselor, our Father in heaven, who knows every detail of our lives. And Jesus knew how to come, how to offload. You know, even Jesus was often in difficult situations. At one time, the Bible tells us that Jesus wept when Lazarus, his friend, died and was buried in a tomb. So Jesus was very much human. But then he could that be able to offload all of these things that depressed him, that slowed him down or wanted to slow him down. He could offload it to his heavenly father. And you know, that's one, we, one thing that we have to learn. You know, if you are carrying a lot of loads, if you are carrying a lot of uh, hurts, if you have difficulties to forgive, or if you have difficulties to, 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 to live with others in, in certain areas because of what they may have done, okay, or what you may have done, who knows? Uh, you, we, we need to learn to offload these things as we come to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, the Lord says, take my yoke upon you because my burden is light. Okay? Some people don't understand that. Okay? This is what intimacy is all about. You know, that we are walking with Christ. That we are, you know, taking the burden of Christ. And this burden is not the burden of this world which is, which is 
you know, depressing us and wants to destroy us. And, and let me tell you, the burdens of this world have destroyed a lot of people and still do so on a daily basis. I just read the other day that every, um, I, I now forget whether it's, uh, whether it's 30 minutes or 30 seconds, every, uh, every short interval, even if it's 30 minutes, but I think it was 30 seconds, every uh, interval, somebody takes his own life. And why would somebody take his own life, which is a gift, which is, you know, something to enjoy? You know, that's how God has intended it to be. But why would take, somebody take his own life? Simply because they can't cope with the pressures. They can't cope with the challenges. You know, who knows what they are going through? The reality is they can't cope and they would rather put an end to their life. And this is very sad, you know? We would rather find a way where we can offload those pressures. How we can get rid of those burdens that destroy us. But instead we have to pick up a burden, the burden of Jesus, the yoke of Jesus. And that yoke is light. Okay, in other words, this is a yoke that we have to learn to get committed to. That is the yoke of intimacy. You know, when two animals are yoked together, they walk together. They're always together, okay? And this is what Jesus means, that we, we need to come into an intimacy with our Lord. Uh, and that, you may think, it's, it's a burden, it's hard. But actually, it's not hard. It's not destroying you. It's lifting you up. And that's what we need to learn, okay? So the burden that Jesus is giving to us is light. And it is actually giving us a destiny, a purpose of living. It's giving us authority in life. Don't forget, God has a plan for your life. God had a plan for Jesus' life, okay? Now you may say, ah, how is this possible? Maybe for Jesus he had a plan, but what about me? I'm just any odd other human being in this world am amongst the uh, millions and billions of people. Well, you know, God is God. And he has planned us, you know, in eternity. And he knows every details that is making us who we are, okay? So you are not a product of an accident. You're not a product uh, who has all of a sudden floated around. You have come into this world because the Father wanted you to be here at this particular time. The Father had a purpose for your life. The Father wants you to make a difference in this world. And we who are children of God, we must not, you know, discount that, but we must be fully aware and thank God for who we are. When was it the last time that you told God, thank you, Lord, for working out? You know, uh, here I'm struggling, there I'm not overcoming. You know, most of the time we have our complaints. And yes, we may have them, but first of all, 
Learn to thank God for who you are, for who he has made you to be, for you to be alive at such a time as this. It's a, it's a privilege. I thank God that I can know you. I thank God that I can be together with you. I missed you when I was not here. Okay? So you're important. Tell your, your neighbor, I need you. Okay? Praise God. Thank God. You know, there's some, some people, they need each other more than others. But that, that, is, that is really true. You know, sometimes, sometimes we think we can do on our own, we can live our lives the way we want. No, 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 no. God has made us to interact. And it's not by accident that we are the family that we are today. Okay? It's not by accident that we are coming together here week after week, you know, in order to build each other, in order to help each other, in order to speak into our, each other's lives. That is very precious. So the Father has a plan for your life. And the plan means there's a timetable. Okay? And we need to listen to the Father. We need to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ so that we understand the timetable. You know, when something has arrived, when certain action needs to be taken, we should not miss it because we have not listened. We should listen carefully. And you know, let us try to become more sensitive once again. You know, when we are newly uh, born again, when we are little children in the Lord, it's like we are having a very, very easy relationship with our Heavenly Father, with our Lord Jesus Christ. But as we are growing, you know, older and also uh, growing in our face, sometimes we lose that, you know, in the because child. No wonder did Jesus say, let the little children come to me because for such is the kingdom of God. So we need to maintain that uh, interaction that a child has with mom and dad. That is so important. When we hear from the father what he wants to do in our life, and then we do it, it can be able to happen. And you know, this is a, a powerful testimony. That's why I, I want to read this again in the book of John chapter 14 verse 10, where the Bible says, the words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. My Father who lives in me does his work through me. Hey, this is a very powerful word. So in other words, if the Father, through Jesus Christ, lives in you, then his work can be done through you. And you know, we need to see more of that. We need to see more of uh, the work of God being done through us. Not the negative things that come from our old nature, but the things that come from the Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, there's a danger in our lives that we ignore our Father. And if we ignore our Father, it will be to our own detriment, to our own disadvantage. 
You know, the Bible tells us the story of uh, the good father. I would rather call it the good father. Most of the people call it the story of the prodigal son. That's a misleading, a misleading heading. Okay, so I would call it the story of a good father. And Jesus told us that story. Some people call it a parable, but I think it's more than a parable. It's really a real life story. Okay, so this father had two sons. And you know, the father is really a picture of the heavenly father. But this, this father had two sons. And as it very often happens, both of these sons were, to a very large extent, ignoring their father. Okay, maybe when they were young, it was a different story, but as they were growing older, they were living their own lives. They had no time to interact with their father. And I think, you know, not having time to interact with our Heavenly Father uh, will disadvantage us, okay? Because we could get so much from our father and our mother, okay, that we cannot get anywhere else. When you see me, okay, Pastor Reuter, you see my father in me. Of course, you have never seen my father. You will never see him because he has passed on. Okay? But much of who I am today is because of what my father has you know, put into my life when I was young, when I was growing up. You know, many of the things, you know, my, my determination, my, my sense of vision, uh, many of these things I've learned from my father. My father would take me into the field. He was a farmer, you know, and, and, and he would show me, you know, the beauty of life, the cycle of life, sowing and reaping. I was involved in that cycle. I was able to appreciate that cycle. I was not a child of God by then. I was not, I was not really close to Jesus at this time, but God used him to instill a lot of wisdom into my life that became very important to who I am today. So I can say to you, just like Jesus said, when you see me, you have seen my father. Okay, that's what Jesus said. And it's true for my life, and probably it's true for you too, at least to some extent. Okay, so there are many, many lessons that I've learned from my earthly father, and I'm thankful for those lessons. You know, I, 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 I remember when sometimes my father would tell me, okay, can you do this, please? And I would say to him, oh, I don't know this. I've never done this. And my father would say, okay, then it will be the first time that it will, you will do it today. Okay? So I have, I've actually learned to tackle issues, not being afraid that maybe I touch something I've never touched before. Because my father instilled this in me. And my father said, if you get stuck, I'm always here. And for sure, he was there. And so I was able to do things even when I was very young that, you know, some of my friends would never even touch when they were in their 20s or 30s. Because my father instilled this kind of sense into my life that, uh, you know, whatever challenge there is, you can overcome. My father was a visionary, okay? Now, I would not necessarily say this as a spiritual vision, but for life, you know, he was always talking about what he was, wanted, what he was, was uh, planning to achieve. And he didn't talk alone. You know, he talked to us in the family, amongst us siblings. 
uh, and on the table when we were eating, he was often talking about his plans for the future. And then he actually called others together from the village where we stayed and he was sharing the vision with them and he was trying to instill the vision that he had in other people's lives. And to me that made a very, very deep impact because that vision was not only empty talk, it came to pass. I saw it happening. Okay, I could say, see it happening, you know, as it unfolded step by step. This thing was not something that was just falling from the sky, but I could see he was working with the vision in mind, and he was getting closer towards that vision step by step, step by step, until finally he had completed it and the vision became reality. You know, these things have been impacting my life, and they were becoming even more meaningful to me when I was uh, becoming a child of God, and even more meaningful to me when I was becoming a minister, when I was able to serve the Lord in the ministry of the Lord. This is important. Ignoring the father is never a good idea. Now, these two young men, you know, these two sons, they have one thing in common, okay? Some people don't see that, but they have one thing in common. Most of the time, we only look at the prodigal son. We don't look at the other boy or the other son. Uh, but then we, we see how the one man walked away from the father and did his own stuff and uh, had, uh, you know, uh, went to waste everything that he got from the father in wild living. Uh, but even the other son really didn't have a relationship with his father. Now the, the son, the young son of the father, all he was interested in was the stuff. You know, was the properties, were, were the possessions of his father. He was not interested in the heart of the father. And you know, that's the mistake that we make even today. Many of us, we have very little, if any, relationship with our father. And of course, uh, some fathers, honestly, they can't really give us much because they may not have anything. That's why it is important not only have to have a natural father, but to have spiritual fathers, okay? That's why it is important that we know where we can get what we need, okay? Because if our natural father cannot give us anything, then it's even more important that you find a father in the Lord that speaks into your life. Now, fathers in the natural, they are maybe 30 maybe 40 or even more years ahead of us. So in other words, they have a wealth of experience that we do not have. Of course, many times you hear today, people are speaking very negatively about their fathers. They say the old man, you know, as if you can't expect anything. I heard people, young people say, oh, my father is outdated. He doesn't know what is going on today, you know. You would be surprised if you really listen to your father that he has got more clue about the world today than you think he has. Because these songs are here today and gone tomorrow. You know, there are a lot of things that are coming just for a one day, you know, rising and disappearing again. But the real things remain. You know, Solomon said there is nothing new under the sun. 
Okay, life is life. And you know, if somebody is ahead of you 15, 20, 30, maybe 40 years, that means you can learn a lot from such a person. And we should learn from our parents. You know, we should, we should really tap into their wisdom. And even if you think they, are, they, they don't know what is going on today, actually, I want to tell you, you are wrong. They may know much more than you ever anticipated than you ever thought, okay? Because they have also, also been young. They've also grown up. They've also gone through the same things that young people today go through. And it's important that we learn that every human being has great value, and especially parents, you know, fathers in our life, they can give us so much of their wisdom, of what they have learned over time. Now, this is where, you know, things have gone wrong in the life of these two sons. Where they have gone wrong, we, we are not told. You know, maybe when they were young, they had a, a closer relationship with their father. But when they were older, they didn't want to have anything to do with their father. All they wanted is to get their possessions, okay? What the father had was attractive. But they didn't know how the father came to these possessions. Okay? They didn't know that the father had means and ways actually to replenish what he was giving away. And you know, when the, when the son, the lost son came back, you know, the one who was dead and became alive again as his father uh, testified, when he came back, he found that his father was doing well. Even so, the Bible tells us that the father divided his possessions amongst the two sons. Okay, read it carefully in, uh, in, in the book of uh, uh, Luke chapter 15. Okay, so in other words, if I divide my possessions, that means I've been left with nothing. But the father was a progenitor. He was a producer. He knew how to be able to build again. Okay, and that, that is very, very important. Let me just read that verse which I've just mentioned in, just, in, in Luke chapter 15, 11, and 12. Okay, Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. Now that is uh, an insult, you know, because, you know, you are supposed to get an inheritance when the father has passed away, okay? Or when the father says, okay, come, come my, my, my children, I want to share my, my possessions. That's a different story. Okay? But you can't come to your father and say, give me my estate or my share of the estate. That means you, you insult your, your father. And that's what he did. But the Bible says, so he, that is the father, divided his property between them. Okay? Everything that he had, he gave it to the two sons. That's amazing. Okay? He didn't need to do that. He could have just given his son a, a, a good uh, lesson to learn, you know, a good spanking or whatever, uh, so that he would uh, settle down again and uh, come to his senses. No, but he didn't do that. He, he knew this young man had made up his mind, he had a free will, and, and he was not going to take that free will away from him. So he said, okay, you want my possessions? Fine, have my possessions. 
But you know, having possessions and not knowing how to reproduce them will never help us because you can have a big mountain of possessions. Uh, they're finite. One day they come to an end. One day, one day they will be all used up. And of course they were used up even faster because this young man had friends he identified with. You know, he wanted to be like them. You know, it's very common today that young people want to be like their peers. They don't want to be like their parents. They want to be like their peers. But their peers have no wisdom to the most part, okay? Their peers, they are just trying to enjoy life. And, and, and you know, they are not having, they're not ahead of wisdom and experience like, like parents do. But they are just, you know, all trying to have a good time. Nothing wrong with that. That's a part of our life. But, you know, uh, there was lack of wisdom here. They were trying to live in their own world, and they did for a while. Okay, they were wasting all these possessions that the father had given to this young man. Okay, and when this young man had run out of everything that he had, okay, even his friends disappeared. The same people who gave him identity, you know, the people who were doing the things like everybody does in that age group, okay? And then he was shattered, okay? Now, he had not been planting any seeds, okay? That's one thing he never learned in his father's house, okay? His father's had a lot of workers, and uh, you can be sure they were in the production business. But he never learned that lesson. He only looked at the possessions. He only looked at the harvest. And so many people, even when they pray, they always look at the harvest. They want to have a harvest. They want to have a breakthrough. They want to have a miracle. They want to have the finished product here, here and now. Isn't it? Maybe you have prayed like that also. Okay. Maybe this is how you look at God, you know, that he is the provider of a miracle, that he provides uh, the finished product here and now. But actually what God is giving to us, most of the time is not bread. Yes, he has done that, but only once or twice. But then what God is giving to us is seed. So that we are planting that seed and that we will have a harvest in the future. And to sow a seed, he could not wait for a harvest either. Obviously, isn't it? Because if you are not putting anything into the ground, you can't wait for something to grow. It will not grow because you have not sown. So he needed a job. Let me say something here, you know, which uh, please don't misunderstand. This young man, he came from a family business, okay? And he actually never needed a job because he was a son of the house. He could have easily entered into the family business and done the work. And you know, I want to tell you, a lot of young people in certain communities, I mean, if you go to town, you have a lot of, uh, you know, shops that are family run, okay? You see the grandfather there, you see the father there, you see the son, okay? Sometimes you see the grandson. And they're in the shop, okay? I think you know what I mean. Go to Kamwara, go to some of these places where, where you have uh, this family business. And I think especially uh, in the Asian community, it's very common 
that uh, you know, they, they stay in the family business. And it's a very big advantage for a child to enter into the family business because you learn from your father. You learn how to do the business from the start, okay? Most of us, we don't learn that, and that's the problem, okay? You see, development comes when we learn from each other, when we build on top of what others have built. If, if we are starting from scrap or from, 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 from zero, uh, you know, how high can you come until you, uh, you know, you, you, you expire, you, you come to the end of your life? You only have a certain lifespan. And uh, if your, your, your children are not coming in to continue there, then they start again from zero. And that's where the problem is, you know. We are going to be ever a developing country if we are not learning how to build on top of what others have done before us. So we need to learn to be, to some extent, to become a family business, okay? So what I have, uh, what I have laid down as a foundation, you know, I expect the one who comes after me not to destroy everything, but to continue building from where I will leave it when the, the Lord calls me. And I think it's very important. Okay, this is true in the natural, this is true in the spiritual too. Okay? When you look at some of these developed countries in New York, I come from a developed country, Germany is, is very advanced, very developed, and you wonder why are they where they are. The answer is simple. You know, every generation continues building on top of where the other generations have left. Of course now, there's a lot of breakdown again because young people, they don't want to be in their father's business anymore. But, but the reality is that this is how uh, the wealth has been built over generations. Because one generation builds to a certain level, the next goes to the next level, the next goes to the next level, and the next goes to the other level. And that's how development comes, okay? And often we don't want that development. So we need to learn that it is important to be in our father's business, okay? That's why Jesus said, don't you know that I have to be in my father's house? I have to do my father's business. Whatever he tells me, I will do. Okay, very, very important. And of course, that is, you know, what very often young people don't want. They want to do their own thing. I want to be myself. Well, you may not know what it means to be yourself until you get the wisdom from somebody who is going to guide you. So many of the young people failing in life could be, you know, this could be avoided by natural counseling. You know, today we have a need for many counselors in our world but natural counseling is counseling that comes from mom and dad, okay? And if children would be listening, many of, this, uh, of the, of the uh, problems they are facing to young people is please tap into the wisdom of those who have been before you, okay? You're not wasting your time. They have got something to share with you. They have a wealth of wisdom and you get it for free. Imagine, you get it for free. If you're not learning, maybe later on you have to go to workshops and you have to go to certain places in order to learn some of these things and every time you pay, you pay, you pay. 
But what you learn from home, what you learn from dad, from mom, you get it for free. Imagine. What an advantage. So don't disadvantage yourself by ignoring your father or your mother. But, you know, get the advantage of the wisdom of those who have gone ahead of you or who are ahead of you. Some of the things that we are struggling with as people are actually very easy to solve for fathers and mothers. Because they've been struggling with this maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and they've overcome it. And you, you're struggling, and you're trying to overcome it on your own, in your own strength, and you can't. But you're too proud to tap into the wisdom of your mom and your dad. Learn to listen to them. Okay? Learn to listen to your spiritual fathers. You know, when I come to the end of my road, when I can't do certain things which I thought it was going to be easy and I, I realize I can't manage it, I come to my Father in heaven, and for my Father in heaven, it's nothing, okay? He can help me through this. He can help me overcome in no time at all. So let's understanding our beginning and our destiny is in our Father, okay? Our Father is the progenitor. He is the one who has brought us into being, okay? We have life and we have talents from our Father, okay? Natural, but more so spiritual. <coughs> okay, so as I said earlier on, he planned for us, and now he desires to go with us through life so that we win in life. The Bible says run to win. Don't run in vain. Don't, don't go to a marathon and say, okay, if, I, if I'm at least uh, running one kilometer, you know, when the marathon is, I think, 40-something kilometer, you know, then you are wasting your time, okay? If you start the, 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 the run, replenish, learn to finish it. And you can finish it because you can always come back to the Father who will replenish you, who will give you more and more of his power, of his authority, of his strength, of his direction, you know, that will help you to go through in life. All the good things God wants us to accomplish can be only done with him, not without him. Even Jesus says this very clearly. You know, the Father lives in me, okay, and he does his work through me. So the Father needs to live in you so that his work can be done in you. Our destiny, okay, compared it to our past, okay, our past, we, we can somehow, you know, frame it. We know what our past is all about, even so we don't know everything about our past because there are things beyond, be, be before our birth, because the Bible very often talks about before the foundation of the world. But somehow our past, we, we have a glimpse of it, but we know very little about our destiny. And yet our destiny is far greater than our present. But our destiny can only be reached through Christ, who is taking us to the Father. Okay, the Bible tells us he is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. And no one can come to the Father, okay? No one can come to the destiny that God has prepared for us 
in its fullness without involving Christ into their lives. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus says. So there's a great destiny waiting for you. But no matter how much, you know, you work in your own strengths, you can't reach it. You can only reach it in Christ. You know, you can only come closer to the Father when Christ lives in you. But praise God. The Father sent the Son so that we have access to the Father. Because in Christ, we have access to our Heavenly Father. So remember, our destiny is not like uh, the young man who was uh, ending up with the pigs, feeding the pigs and not having food even to steal his own hunger, starving. That's not our destiny. And thank God this young man came to his senses the Bible says he came to himself, okay, realizing, you know, there's something better in this world. Maybe he remembered some of the teachings his father gave him when he was young. And he said, no, let me go back to my father. Okay, he realized that he messed up, but he went back to his father. So our destiny is not with the pigs. Our destiny is not in the grave. Our destiny is with our God. Our Heavenly Father, who has prepared greater things for us. And you know, the Bible gives us some glimpses, which I unfortunately cannot uh, lay out this morning. But he has given us some insight of how we are supposed to rule with Christ forever and ever. You know, great things are waiting for us. We have a destiny, a great destiny, but you can't reach it without Christ, who takes you to the Father. These sons in the house of their father, they had ignored their father. Thank God one of them at least came back and he was restored in the house of his father. The other one who was in the house, but he had no relationship with the father. He was proud. He was selfish. He was self-centered. And even when the father pleaded with him, he didn't respond. Unfortunately, that's what a lot of religious people do. They live their own life. They feel what they do is good. But God is not looking for the good that you do in your, in your own strength. He looks at you connecting with our heavenly father. And I want to encourage you, you know, I want to encourage you enter the family business. Even saying, I want to do this. Why are you looking around for other things to do all over the place? Why are you saying, I want to disconnect from here and do my own thing? Okay, you can do your own thing. You'll see how far you get. Okay? Why not enter the family business? Okay, you say, no, I want to be free. I want to be my own. I want to be doing my own thing myself. That pride is still very strong in everyone's life. Okay? But God calls you to tap into the resource that he has given to you. The resource of grace. 
You see, grace in Christ always flows because he's always with the Father, okay? It never runs dry, it never comes to an end because he's always replenished, okay? And that's, that's what we need to experience in our own life, okay? Once again, let me come to the close. Thank God I have had the strength because my chair helped me. Okay. So I didn't depend only on my legs and uh, trying to keep my spine straight, but I was able to be helped. And all of us, we need to be helped. You know, all of us, we need to be supported. All of us, we need to tap into the treasures that God has made available for each and every one of us. God, our loving Father, send us Jesus Christ, his beloved Son. And the Bible tells us that Jesus says, this is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. Follow him. Okay? Are you the son? Are you the daughter? over which God can declare, this is my daughter, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. We must learn to be these people. So let us learn from Jesus as we observe him, as we consider him, as we see him in scripture, through the word of God, or even in life through other people who are portraying the nature of the Father in our, in, in our lives so that we will see the Father, so that we feel fear and understand our destiny, which God the Father is preparing us with great love. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, <clears throat> We are so grateful for the lessons that you give us, that you teach us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that from you we can see this wonderful and powerful relationship that you maintain and entertained with your Father. You never, you never fell short of seeking the Father's relationship, the Father's closeness, the Father's love. Even in the most difficult times, you were still looking up to the Father. Even when that cup came to you, which you would have rather avoided, he you said, not my will, but your will be done. And so Lord Jesus, help us that we learn from Jesus that we learn how he was guided through the Spirit of God in a powerful and wonderful close relationship with his Heavenly Father. And Lord, help us to learn from him. Help us to learn to tap into the resources of wisdom and experience and power that come from above, that you have made available to us through Christ and through human beings who have gone ahead of us. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this very day. And let these words be able to bring transformation into our lives. Let it reverberate in our hearts and minds. And Lord, let us seek to connect to the grace of God that is found in the vessels that you have sent to us. To you be the glory and the honor. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Amen.